And once again, y'all know where we at. Y'all know what it is. Y'all hear the intro. The Shadows Time Podcasting. Blake, Smackdown Live. Let's get it. Okay, so let's recall we had some uh, Survivor Series this Sunday uh, streaming live on the WWE Network where Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey went at it. It was an awesome match between the two. There's a lot of physicality. You can see that Charlotte showed no fear, but it seemed that Charlotte didn't or couldn't get the upper hand. I think I made a slight error yesterday in the Raw review and recap, but I said that... uh, Charlotte attempted to hit a natural selection and Ronda Rousey was able to kick out of it. She didn't hit the natural selection. Ronda Rousey actually reversed it. There were a couple spots she reversed, even like a moonsault spot. Uh, Charlotte did everything she could and you could see it in her face that she had nothing else in the tank and she didn't know what it was going to take. So she definitely went outside. Had Ronda Rousey run out the ring after her, only to run into a kendo stick shot to the stomach, which turned into an all-out assault, brutal beating, a complete uh, clinic in ass-kicking, where Ronda Rousey took so many kendo stick shots, had welts all over her body, took a natural selection to the chair, uh, and then had the chair wrapped around her neck, where Charlotte literally stomped on it. We have a new... uh, attitude, a new demeanor, a new character in Charlotte Fleur, who I have affectionately thought of to call uh, Charizard, take it how you want to, but that's exactly who she is, and uh, we're opening the show with the graphics and the, not a replay of the entire match, but a couple of highlights as to what took place. The one thing we can say about Ronda Rousey is that she walked out on her own accord, uh, outside spoiler, there was a person in the crowd that uh, yelled at Ronda Rousey, oh, uh, the man is better than you, or something like that, and Ronda Rousey looked back at him and said, well, you're hardly a man at all. I completely understand where Ronda was coming from. I think that was awesome. I think it was, uh, I think she was well within her rights to say that and share it, and I'm pretty sure that the fan felt like a complete dick for even trying to uh, turn his face up and open his mouth to say some BS like that to our Raw Women's Champion, regardless of the situation that took place. Because even if he was in the ring, and uh, well, probably not even if, but if he was in the ring, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be able to walk away from a, an attack like that. So, this is what we have to open the show. Hopefully, we are uh, graced with uh, Charizard's presence to at least speak about. Uh, what took place on Sunday at Survivor Series. So, of course, we get the opening segment with Charlotte coming out to explain her actions uh, on Sunday, where she, you know, hit the ring, got a mic, and uh, literally professed how proud of herself she was for doing that, how she uh, took pride in uh, representing the SmackDown Women's Locker Room and taking down the Raw Women's Champion. She even brought up uh, the champ herself, Becky Lynch, and uh, said that Becky told her to do exactly that in so many words. So all she was doing was what her friend, her colleague, asked her to do, essentially. You know, Becky said, do what I'm going, do what I would do. 
and I mean, def Charlotte definitely took that to heart, and we can see just how literally she took it. So uh, she said she apparently would do it again, and I'm I'm thinking that she can't wait to put hands on Ronda. That's what I take. And then we get uh, essentially interrupted by Paige, the general manager, coming out to speak about uh, what happened. So we've got our general manager Paige in the ring, and uh, she's essentially proud of Charlotte. Uh, she said every, her and everybody in the SmackDown Live universe, hey, that's us. We were extreme, we were ecstatic to see what took place on Sunday. Laid how Charizard laid that beating down on Ro- uh, Rowdy Ronda Rousey, but unfortunately, in the midst of that entire melee, that chaotic beatdown, uh, Charizard. Uh, lost control of herself and her bearings because not only did she lay hands on Rowdy Ronda Rousey, but she actually laid hands on five, count them, five WWE officials. And underneath no circumstances in this, I actually agree with, do you lay your hands on uh, a WWE official? It's just against the rules. These guys go out there, they're traveling on the road, everybody, they're just as important as the superstars themselves, if not more important. But, you know, I was personally afraid that Charlotte would get uh, suspended or something like that, or it'd be some other form of uh, penalization. But she did get fined $100,000. That is a pretty penny. And uh, essentially says $20,000 each ref. That is uh, fair, I think. I know that it's uh, it's a lesson valuably learned uh, from Charlotte's part. And, you know, we'll just see what happens. We know that, uh, well, Paige reminded her that Ronda Rousey said she's going to find her. She's going to finish what she started. And uh, Charlotte wants to bring it on. So, then we're interrupted by the Iconics. The Iconics are out there, and they are—it's <laughs> very funny. We get uh, Peyton Royce doing her best Charlotte impression uh, from Sunday because Charlotte definitely—excuse me, Charizard—definitely had a, a different type of energy whilst she was uh, putting that beating on Rowdy Ronda Rousey. You know, we would almost go as far as to say, you know, she has had that women's championship a number of times spread across both both brands. So that spirit energy is uh, it's definitely symbiotic with her at this time or at this point of her career. So, you know, the face she put on, the way she was acting and carrying herself, yeah, I think Peyton Royce was pretty spot on. But to make fun of her and then tell Paige that, you know, they're obviously one of, well, they're, yeah, they're her favorites and all the rest of that, you know, it kind of uh, upset Charlotte. So came the question, who's it going to be? Since you guys want to come out and joke so much, let's have a match now. Whichever one of you want it, you can be the next Ronda Rousey. Congratulations. Step on up. This is uh, what we're, uh, this is what we're up to. I anticipate who is going to be the one to decide to take on Charlotte Flair, excuse me, Charizard, and let's find out.
to general manager Paige uh, puts the match together and Billy Kay is the one who decides to step up and take on Charizard. I think that Billy Kay is, uh, uh, well, you know, the iconic for the iconic. So let's take nothing away from both of them. Right now, I believe that Peyton Royce has a little bit of the edge as far as the popularity goes. And Billy Kay can honestly use uh, the in-ring time with the queen. And it's I'm curious to see how she's going to be able to conduct herself against this uh, newly invigorated uh, Charizard Flair. Throughout the match, it seems a little fair, a little, well, not fair, but it seems a little uh, even, but only because we're getting a lot of distractions from Peyton Royce outside. I think that uh, Charlotte has a physical edge over Billy Kay, especially from an aggression standpoint, but again, with the distractions from Peyton Royce on the apron and such like that, uh, Charlotte isn't able to keep her attention fully on what's going on inside of the ring. So we get a patent and fall away slam from Charlotte. Billy Kay is a little bit of a, a, a taller specimen. So you can see her foot touch the ground. But regardless, it wasn't enough to have her maintain her balance. So she hit the ground pretty hard. And once she was able to at least get up to her knees, in comes Charizard with a natural selection for the one, two, three finish. There we go. You see, this is what I mean. Like, uh, it's not very... It's not likely that someone's going to be able to beat Charlotte while she's in this state of being. I wouldn't call her a, a Frankenstein of sorts, just like the Iconics did. But Charizard is somebody to pay attention to. Excuse me, pay attention to right now because she is a completely uh, new animal in that ring, and I'm very, very, very uh, compelled to see what else she's able to bring to the product. You see, you see, and this is what I mean, because after Charlotte gets that one, two, three on Billy Kay, she goes and gets a microphone, and then she challenges Peyton Royce. Some would say this is just an attitude or an ego uh, boiling over, but I personally think, again, Charizard's new attitude is saying, I want a new, I want more, and she's in there asking for a second match, she wants another fight, if this isn't hunger for the WWE Women's Championship, and beyond, I don't know what it is, but listen to me when I tell you guys this, she is a new superstar, so if since uh, Peyton Royce was challenged and we need to know what she's going to do, you know, she was very reluctant to get in the ring. Billy Kay was telling her, hey, just go ahead and have the match beat her up for the team. Uh, Peyton gets in, but then immediately jumps out only to, you know, make up uh, slight excuses like, look, I haven't stretched yet. I haven't really done anything. Uh, so I don't know. But I think she's going to get in there and have that match just to uh, just to see if she could take on uh, the queen. And if uh, if you ask me, you know, smart money's on the queen for this one too. So during the uh, break, we've had uh, you know, of course, the commercials, but in the corner we've had Charlotte taking on Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce finally had the heart to get in there, but it's a lot of the same story from the very first match against Billy Kay. Also, seeing Charlotte essentially have the upper hand, but it's been small moments where. Uh, you know, both Iconics playing the numbers game were able to get the upper hand on Charlotte. We just had a quick one count where Charlotte kicked out with a small level of authority. But this says to me that she's still all game and really willing to fight. I honestly don't know if the Iconics are going to be able to take this one uh, flare and square. But it seems to me for real, for real, that Charlotte is uh, 
yo, she's a she's a new superstar, and we all need to pay very close attention to what takes place uh, in the coming weeks on SmackDown Live and future pay-per-views as far as she's concerned. Because of course, it's gonna be one thing for her to have the championship, but it's a whole another thing to see who's gonna have the heart to step to her, especially with this brand new attitude she has. Okay, so throughout the match, we've had. A couple of spots where actually even during the commercial we saw a really good knee from Billy Kay. Well, pardon me, excuse me, Peyton Royce. And, uh, you know, after that, it's still, it was a little bit of offense being mounted by one half of the Iconics. But eventually we would see these guys try, well, use the number game, numbers game again. On Charizard where they both uh, took a run. Some guys, well, most of the, well, the guys were commentary, let's just say it like that. They were under the impression that Charlotte had bit off more than she can chew. I wouldn't say, well, I guess I could kind of agree with that. You know, Charlotte had been, uh, she was just in that match on Sunday with Ronda Rousey, and now she's taking on both Iconics in the first matches on SmackDown Live where the energy is really hot. She has to be able to maintain the same level of energy. You know, we have a saying in uh, my areas of the internet where it's uh, keep that same energy. And Charlotte has attempted to, and I personally think she was going to be able to win that match. But, again, the numbers game of the Iconics, we've got the, uh, we've got one of them, Billy Kay, running in the ring, uh, attacking Charlotte from behind for the DQ victory. I guess it makes uh, the Iconics uh, remain strong, and it makes Charlotte look really strong in quarter. Well, she's won via disqualification, but... I mean, we don't want her to beat up both Iconics because then it'll kind of make the Iconics look like a joke, which they're not. They're Iconic, and the future is Iconic with the both of them on the SmackDown women's roster. So I think it was a really cool segment. I appreciate Charlotte being uh, like this now, and I, again, anticipate the coming weeks on the show. So the Iconics are literally still beating up Charlotte at this point. They jumped her in the rain. They've gotten her outside. They head over to the timekeeper's area after throwing her out the ring to grab a chair. But the, the person in the area says, no, you, you guys have already done enough. You are not going to use a chair to beat up on Charlotte. This is uh, nationally broadcast television. We're not going to be doing that. They're mad about it, but say whatever. Ultimately, I guess they were going to maybe go under the ring and find something, uh, maybe a toy or something like that, a kendo stick, potentially. But as they turn around, they both walk into a double spear from Charizard, again, solidifying the fact that she is a completely new character. This says a million things. The Iconics looked fairly strong, but Charlotte looked amazing. She is literally beating up the Iconics now. They've pissed her off. She is clearly still upset and has that same exact energy from Sunday. I guess it took a little bit more than just a uh, an official match. She wants a fight, so she's got these girls. She's tossing them around. She had Billy Kay on the corner barricade outside, gave her a knee. She threw one of the girls into the steps. She gets on top of the announce table after slamming both of their heads into it a bunch of times, and she stands there to end that segment. All I got to say is five woos out of five. So we cut backstage and we got a segment with Rey Mysterio reminding us that he definitely has been in the ring with Randy Orton a number of times years ago 
But I would even, uh, I, I would say that he hasn't really been in the ring with this most recent Randy Orton. And he knows, though, he, Ray Mysterio is aware of uh, what type of Randy Orton we're dealing with now. Uh, he, he recalls what he's been through with Jeff Hardy, uh, Randy Orton, that is. And he knows that Randy's extremely dangerous now, but he's not going to be one of Randy's victims. So coming tonight, we're going to have... For the first time ever in 12 years, Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio, I think, is going to be a very, very good match. But if I had an early prediction, I'm nervous for Rey going in there because right now, Randy is on quite the tear. Everybody that uh, the the fans like, everybody that the WWE Universe wants to kind of get behind, you see Randy Orton uh, come through. You know, you see the Viper. Uh, completely uh, show a new side of himself. You can only go back and find out for yourself. I could not speak about the type of things that we've seen, uh, the types of spaces Randy's gone to. Uh, nobody knows uh, what what the voices are telling Randy, but they're definitely uh, saying some abysmal things. <laughs> you know, share things that are very, very bad. You shouldn't share these things. You know, hey, Randy, do this. Hey, Randy, do that. You know, so I could only imagine what's going through Randy's mind regarding Rey Mysterio. And uh, uh, let's, let's hope Rey ends up well uh, for the main event tonight on SmackDown Live. I think our lucky stars, we are going to get a Miz TV segment next with the best in the world, Shane McMahon. Now, this makes uh, two-thirds of the best in the world back at WWE World Cup uh, in the ring at the same time. And I'm a little, uh, you know, just personal. I'm in a little uh, iffy on where the Miz is at currently as far as his face and heel status. Is he a face? Is he a heel still? I'm not really too sure. If we go back to the match at Survivor Series, there was, it was a complete, it was just a crazy showing from Shano. Uh, Shane uh, hit Braun Strowman with an elbow out of the ring. He did uh, two coast-to-coast. Coast. He tried for a third one, I believe, but got swatted out the end by Braun Strowman. But in all of these things taking place, he had the Miz literally just dragging him along like, hey, do this. Come on, do this one. Come on, do this one. And it's like... Uh, well, damn, bro, you know, like, you, it's a little, it seems like a cowardly heel move, and, but luckily, not luckily, but as these two are fighting in that five-on-five traditional SmackDowns match, SmackDown versus Raw uh, tag team match, they were the last two, it came down to uh, Shane McMahon and The Miz represent SmackDown Live, which ultimately ended as Shane defending SmackDown Live because Miz was shortly eliminated after the fact. We're going to find out how everyone feels about it uh, in the Miz TV segment coming up next. They clearly love Miz out there in the Hollywoods. Uh, he, you know, he lives there. Uh, hometown hero. You heard Corey call it. And uh, 
yeah, you know, it feels good to see Miz step that far up. I remember, you know, me watching a couple of years back when I first uh, came back to WWE, you know, me coming home in 2015, I saw that the Miz was uh, working his way up the ladder again. It was a different time in WWE, of course, but the Miz has uh, completely catapulted himself uh, from you know, after he lost his championship uh, years ago, before I even thought about coming back. I know that his uh, moment on Talking Smack with Daniel Bryan was a part of it, but that's only one piece of a bunch of other ones to the puzzle. The Miz is somebody that should be respected because of everything he puts himself through. He's one of the superstars that kind of exemplifies, hey, you don't necessarily need to win to be able to get yourself over, but let's not get it twisted. I would like to see The Miz... uh, pick up some more wins and uh, in time you know I don't want to make I don't want to make it seem like he's just a dastardly heel but if his uh, character ever does switch over to the face side I think he'd do uh, a great job as some sort of representation and let us not forget that he single-handedly made the WWE Intercontinental Championship prestigious again I would say single-handedly, but at the same time, we do have to respect the other superstars who he put the championship on the line against, you know, superstars such as Dean Ambrose, superstars such as Seth Rollins, you know, and uh, traveling and passing it forward, superstars such as Dolph Ziggler, you know, uh, he put guys like the B-team on, well, you know, at the time, they would have missed Taraj and Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, you know, hey, remember, right now, it's it's going on, but I definitely am being sponsored by the Marine 6 Close Quarters that you can go and get on Digital Blu-ray right now at any one of your uh, retail locations. Uh, go try Target. I think they have a cool Black Friday deal on it. But I would, uh, I would definitely give a standing ovation to Miz for all the things that he's been through. And then, you know, he is highly acclaimed, uh, one of the top-rated reality shows, being signed on for a second season, get a sneak peek. We actually got a sneak peek on Real Country uh, last night. Well, again, Miz and Mrs. So the Miz is totally uh, a representation of a WWE superstar, and I respect him a great deal. So as he uh, brings out Shane, I anticipate to find out (laughs) what's going to happen. It is hilarious to see how we are playing up this best in the world angle. Shouts to the World Cup uh, being ringside. Uh, You guys, I don't know who dislikes WWE commentary, but I just want to say that I thoroughly enjoy WWE commentary each week from all of the uh, commentators. Uh, One thing I can remember about Shane McMahon, though, uh, just to keep things a little uh, serious, when he went against The Undertaker at WrestleMania and got his ass beat, (laughs) he still came out the next night on Raw. He was limping, but he walked out. It was one of the first moments where I actually remember rising to my feet and and just in, in pride for what it is these superstars do, you know, in the name of entertaining us. We all know that Shane is really big on jumping off of things, but let's not ever take away the fact that nobody is above the company. You know, we've seen uh, the chairman, 
you know, go through things. We've seen every McMahon go through wild things. And we've seen Shane, uh, since his return, put himself through just as much, if not uh, worse, you know, and still be able to keep on ticking. Some people would say he's got a, a limit on that because of, you know, where he's at in age, and I wouldn't agree with it. I would just say I think Shane is well aware of his uh, health, and he doesn't want to, uh, well, he's not, he knows, I think he he knows when he's going to call it a a rap before he goes too far and, you know, all of that. But, again, let's just put some respect on Shane McMahon's name because of all of the landings and uh, all of the get-back-ups, you know, because it's, well, at least the willingness to get back up because it's it's been a couple of times where he was stretchered out, you know. Even if a thumbs-up, I felt very, very nervous for his uh, health and well-being. So to see him come walking out and to be able to, you know, talk and not necessarily, it doesn't matter if he's shuffling because we had the Miz doing it. It just feels really, really cool to be able to watch this guy. It doesn't matter if this is uh, scripted or predetermined because you can't fake a 35-foot fall. You can't fake that. You can't, you can't fake the pain, you know. So, shout out to Shano and let's see what Miz TV brings us. Okay, let's just uh, correct self. I think that it was uh, one coast-to-coast on Dolph Ziggler, an attempted coast-to-coast on Bobby Lashley, and that's when he was swatted out the air by Braun Strowman. Either way, he did hit an elbow, flying elbow from the top rope, and it was through the table, through the announce table on Braun Strowman before both of those coast-to-coast moves. Uh, Miz showing his uh, brand unity and his solidarity he was using the word we a lot even though it was Shane that was doing most of the flying through the air but you know Miz as the sole captain he wanted to uh be a part of the team so this is where the we was coming from he wanted to support Shane and I can understand where he was coming from it's a little comical but what we uh what we ran into after that was uh Miz asking or requesting that him and Shane uh, team up. Uh, Shane asked team up to do what, which was, I think, hilarious. But it was, like we all suspected, uh, Miz wants to have a, uh, wants to set up a tag team. I don't know about that one too, too tough. You know, I think Shane is much better suited backstage and as the commissioner and if he does decide to step out and uh, grace us with you know some in-ring action it's on him but I don't think he needs to have this same schedule as Miz uh, too tough but let's see how Shane feels about it so let me just try to get this straight we get Miz uh, asking Shane to team up with him Shane of course gives the intelligent answer you know, the respectful answer, you know, Miz has a million responsibilities as, you know, host of Miz TV and a hardworking WWE superstar. Shane has his own respective duties as commissioner of SmackDown Live. A lot goes into that. So it just isn't, uh, it doesn't seem like it's in the cards for those two to team up. Miz responds with a, 
you know, McMahon line. Like, hey, if you're a McMahon, then you team up with me right now. I thought you'd be a little more excited. You know, all of that stuff, the same spiel. But uh, if Miz wants to team up right now, let's see how this unfolds. So then we get music playing. And we introduce from Los Angeles, California, two tag team specialists, Wayne and Dane, the Bryant brothers. Bruh, stop. <laughs> Hometown heroes, right? I guess they're going to go and have a tag team match impromptu with Shane and uh, The Miz, the best team in the world. I mean, we already have a best team, but we can, Miz said they can uh, workshop the name. Let's see how this works. Maybe Shane, well, maybe the best team in the world can pick up a win over these guys, the Bryants. Hey, quick, you know, quick shout out to Kobe. Remember, they're in LA. So, you know, to have the Bryant brothers, you know, it's uh, very comical. I think it's it's a classy joke uh, from uh, the backstage creative. I found it to be hilarious personally. <laughs> so first time ever we get uh, Mizzo Mac, uh, Shane Miz. How, one of the cool buzz names that uh, Corey Graves was trying to think up on uh, commentary. But we get those guys taking on the Bryant brothers. Miz uh, hit a really nice DDT, almost uh, went to tag Shane. Shane clearly still banged up from Survivor Series, not in, not in any shape to compete. So he told Miz to go ahead because he's doing a great job, and uh, Miz agreed, said, fine, I'll do it, and gets hit with a quick roll-up small package and gets one two three the crowd goes wild and the bryant brothers uh take out the best team in the world so i wouldn't go as far as to say that the bryant brothers are in line for a tag team championship opportunity oh, but uh, let's uh, <laughs> it's just too much it's so silly it's a all in the name of fun on SmackDown Live. I thought that segment was hilarious. So we get an R-Truth sighting. He played the gobbledygook of Thanksgiving. That was hilarious. Very nice touch. And we got the New Day wearing pilgrim outfits. These guys are the kings of the holidays. Let's just get that clear. You guys know exactly how we feel about the New Day. I've been saying it for weeks now. The New Day, the kings of the holidays. You name the holiday, these guys are going to give you some sort of, uh, what can we call this? Some, they're going to show their pride in the holiday. No one no one is uh, touching the new day, whether it be Arbor Day, President's Day, Labor Day, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Black Friday, uh, Rusev Day, the new day. Got it on lock, baby. So they're going to have a match uh, next up against the bar. It's going to be the Thanksgiving feast fight, first and first ever, you know. And uh, I can't wait to see how uh, these matches take place throughout the years to come. But on Xavier Woods' outfit, it said 6-1. and one. As to say, their match 
should not be overlooked. And what match you might ask, I'm talking about the match this Sunday we just had at Survivor Series on the kickoff. The separate entity from the main show and the miscommunication said that there was no win, even though there was clearly a win. I think, personally, this is why Baron Corbin did not just get immediately bumped up to permanent general manager. And, you know, it's, you know, just miscommunications and confusion, but it's all right. Because either way, we had the genius business acumen of Stephanie McMahon giving us an excellent match to look forward to on Raw. Well, not on Raw, but uh, in at Survivor Series in four weeks between Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin. So we definitely get the New Day uh, in the ring at the table, sharing what they're thankful for. Kofi was thankful for the uh, one and six and one, you know, even though we're going to ignore that, apparently, you know, because the kickoff show is a completely separate entity from the main show, and we are going to move forward underneath that impression. Uh, we had Woods, thankful for something I was ironically speaking about the day beforehand, or excuse me, I believe uh, earlier that day before the show even started, I was uh, talking about how I uh, heard some people sharing how they uh, couldn't download any other games if they were attempting to go and download Red Dead Redemption 2 on the PS4 because the uh, space necessary on the game was so large you know you anybody that knows about it understands but he doesn't have to he has two terabytes on his playstation go subscribe to up up down down to see some of his gameplay he's actually pretty good uh and, and, you know he's able to still play all of the games and keep all of his games without getting rid of any of that uh precious precious save data and uh we move on to Big E, who is thankful for uh, the big, succulent, juicy breasts of a turkey on Thanksgiving. And we have the bar coming out with the big show. And the bar clearly not happy about... Uh, what took place at Survivor Series? They had the had the match with the Authors of Pain, and uh, the Big Show bullied the general manager of 205 Live only because he he got he did interfere in the match in a way, but at the same time he was just protecting his team. His, he put his he put his uh man's leg on the ropes to stop the referee's count. The referee didn't notice that, but Big Show did, so he. Well, pardon me, the uh, the bar did, so they chased him around the ring. Got shoulder tackled by Big Show. And Big Show literally choked the little guy and picked him up, put him on the apron. And we had uh, Drake Maverick have a moment of uh, what's been worded as urinary incontinence. I'm uh, not a fan of teasing the man for his fear. Let's look at the Big Show. He is no small man. He used to be much larger. The only reason why he's quote unquote smaller is because he actually decided to get more in shape. So not only is he a giant, he is a strong giant. And let's never forget that he's actually one of the 
few human beings that actually went in the ring as a sports entertainer to take on a professional boxer in Floyd Money Mayweather, the undefeated champion of uh, essentially the boxing sport. But to keep it in sports entertainment, we have to respect the big show a great deal for all he's done at a company. And, you know, I think it was just a little bit of a, it's a far cry from where he was to have to choke out the little guy and make him piss himself. Like, come on, show. Come on. So either way, we're going to have our first annual uh, Thanksgiving feast fight. And it's going to be a six-man tag. We're going to see some awesome spots and great moves. And I wonder what's going to happen with the food. So because of the utter chaos that took place during that first annual Thanksgiving feast fight, I will highly recommend that you, yes, you, go to the WWE's YouTube channel and watch that match or watch the highlights from that match because it was just too funny. We had a table spot, you know, show went through the table. We had a whole bunch of food spots. So I would definitely, and then we had an awesome match also that was loaded with uh, fairly fast-paced offense between the bar and the New Day. If you think you're tired of watching those two fight, I'll tell you, well, those two teams fight, I'll tell you, with this little stipulation added along, it was a very fun segment on SmackDown Live, and it was, it was, you know, the homage to the holiday, however you feel about it, it was something that was extremely comical for everybody that uh, takes part in it, and maybe even doesn't. So we cut backstage, and we catch Randy uh, speaking on the luchador mask. We all have our different feelings and emotions toward the the lucha libre culture, and uh, I have a personal respect for it. But clearly, Randy doesn't. He called it. Uh, well, he doesn't see what we all clearly see as proponents of again the lucha libre culture. He sees cheap polyester. He sees uh, leather and plastic, and. He uh, again. I'm I'm nervous for Ray, only because you know we've seen what Randy's done, and we all know anybody that people begin to like, Randy's around the corner lurking. Excuse me, the Viper is around the corner lurking. So, you know, uh, I'm just uh, hoping that Ray pulls out of this all right. We'll find out what happens in the main event tonight on SmackDown Live. Let's get into the uh, the tag team match between Team Tough Enough, a.k.a. Team Absolution, a.k.a. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville taking on Team Rush Hour and Mandy, um, excuse me, and Naomi and Asuka. Just the highlights of the match. You know, there were a lot of spots, but the story here is uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. You know, they've been showing some uh, cracks in the formation in the past couple of weeks. This even goes back to Evolution, where Mandy Rose eliminated Sonya Deville. And also, uh, it, it was something very recent. I believe it was just that Survivor Series on Sunday between the women, where uh, Mandy Rose literally uh, stole the pin from Sonya Deville. Ultimately, they both lost, which should be a lesson for Mandy, but at the end of the day, I think she's trying to work her way up the ladder. 
Um, the match here, uh, both of them were just tagging themselves in. And I don't even, I don't know the way it's looking. They don't really uh, seem as if they're trying to be a team uh, or a cohesive unit anymore. They're not really m meshing. They're more so trying to get themselves, they're trying to one-up each other or trying to get the ire or draw the ire of the backstage brass. Um, I'm not trying to get a pony or try to take a pony in the race. I have a bias towards Sonya Deville, but I have a large level of respect for Mandy Rose at the same time. Uh, both of them for separate but very similar reasons, as again, I said, were tough enough. But in this match, they end up losing. Sonya Deville was bumped off the uh, apron, and Mandy had nobody to tag. Sonya ended up having to uh, tap out to the Oscar lock. And Mandy Rose took a rear view from Naomi for the win. It seems to me, because I uh, noticed a backstage interview with uh, Dasha Fuentes, a.k.a. the Chameleon. I have nicknames for almost everybody. Uh, we'll get into it as the weeks progress. But it's very clear that Sonya Deville doesn't trust Mandy Rose anymore. And in the coming weeks, it's going to... Well, I'm curious to see... Uh, how these two uh, either mend their problems or uh, move forward. I don't necessarily want to see them fight because I don't want to see. A, I don't want to take a pony in a race. But if they have to go ahead and have a couple of minutes in the ring to show who's better, then by all means, because I think that both of them can be a damn good women's champion with some more practice. Let's take nothing away from uh, Naomi or Asuka at all. They are, uh, I wouldn't say floundering. I think that both of them are amazing superstars and waiting for the moment uh, to uh, shine through. There's a storyline uh, over just over the horizon for them. And, you know, everyone's uh, clamoring for them. We don't know if or when it's going to happen, but women's tag team championships... I'm asking for it, and off chance that Miss McMahon gets to hear it, please, Steph, please, but that's all in time, and uh, let's uh, get into the WWE Champion segment, because that's what's coming up next. So, we know for the past couple of weeks, uh, Daniel Bryan has done some fairly unfavorable things. Uh, to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And now as WWE World Heavyweight Champion, he has uh, shown and proven that he is willing to do whatever it takes in the name of keeping uh, that title around his waist. We know that the championship wasn't necessarily on the line, but the respect, the prestige that the title holds uh, was on the line against Brock Lesnar and no win defeat against Brock Lesnar the universal champion of Raw I still see the world heavyweight championship as the championship on the uh, WWE brand as a whole universally uh, again the championship is 
uh, the red one. It's, again, a universe championship. It's a representation of the World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, the world and the universe are two totally different things unless we uh, go a little bit farther out and look from a galaxy uh, standpoint, right? And, <laughs> you know, want to start getting too ridiculous. But if we're looking, for, uh, let's just use the Milky Way and the Andromeda. Uh, these are two worlds in the entire, uh, you know, universe, <laughs> right? Or whatever we're going to call it. Anyway, the World Heavyweight Championship is uh, spiritual energy, in my humble opinion. And though I didn't like Daniel Bryan's motives, or at least his actions regarding the uh, way he won the championship, I actually can respect it. You know, as Renee Young said about Dean Ambrose on Monday Night Raw, you know, I might not like it, but I can definitely understand. Um, with all of the storyline attached and attempting to uh, not ignore, but not really highlight the homage to Eddie Guerrero, uh, lying and cheating and stealing on the well, the, the weekly anniversary of his passing on uh, over 10 years ago. I think that Daniel Bryan uh, did what he needed to do in order to win. He lost uh, to AJ Styles when he tried to do it fair and square, so um, he went about it or the championship energy had him go about it in the fashion that he went about it to win. The, to win. It's very obvious that that championship energy uh, had him fully possessed at Survivor Series based on what he did to Brock Lesnar as far as it being essentially the same things that he did to AJ Styles in order to win the championship. That being, of course, a low blow, but at the same exact time, you know, Daniel Bryan is a submission specialist. He's a great superstar. And uh, we had him come out to the ring to explain his actions for the past couple of uh, weeks, or the past couple of days, rather. At first, I didn't like it. But listening to what he was attempting to get at, again, I can understand where he was coming from. He delivered a fairly inspired promo, um, you know, if we're going underneath the impression that he is, uh, quote-unquote, possessed by the championship energy, then it makes perfect sense, and he, um, you know, it's a little hard for me to even talk about because it's, it's so real, you know, it gave a different element to uh, what it is he's doing. And what it is that the World Wrestling Entertainment is, you know, conveying to the crowd. And hopefully you guys can notice it. I know I'm going to uh, continue moving with the impression that I'm under watching the product. And uh, I hope you guys can see the same things that I'm seeing. You know, he went through a lot for three years, attempting to come back. And uh, fighting for his dreams, 
was one of the first things that uh, his own wife told him to do. And, you know, now his dream of the WWE Championship fought enough for him to where now he's wielding the championship title. And he is the face of the company right now. So, although, again, I don't like it, as Renee Young stated, she doesn't understand it. I mean, pardon me, she doesn't like it either, but she can understand it. She was talking about the segment with Dean Ambrose, but it 100% fits here. I'm interested to see what else Daniel Bryan uh, has to bring to the table as a champion. And, uh, I mean, I was never really huge on the Yes movement. I was never a big fan of that Daniel Bryan. But I can I can honestly say I like this Daniel Bryan. So in the off chance that uh, he does get to hear this, hey, Bryan, I'm with you, man. Uh, you continue fighting for your dreams. Because uh, your dream is definitely fighting with you now. Alongside. Uh, if you guys want to donate to the uh, Los Angeles Fire Department due to all of the unfortunate events with the wildfires, then you should uh, visit supportlafd.org. They had uh, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose and Jeff Hardy out uh, at the fire department, and they presented the chief of the fire department with the Universal Championship. And um, again, if you guys want to donate, head to that website and uh, do that because everyone can sure use the help. Don't think it can't um, come to you just because it hasn't. All right, so moving on to the main event. We've got Rey Mysterio versus RKO, Randy Orton. And Rey is coming out to the ring looking fairly nervous. I think it's very obvious what could potentially take place. It's uh, going to be quite the main event to watch. Randy promised shock, horror, and disappointment for the people of L.A., I really believe him. He's coming out to the ring with a different level of confidence in his eyes. And Ray came out looking extremely nervous. I am going to humbly ask that you all say a prayer for Randy. I mean, pardon me, say a prayer for Ray and hope that he uh, walks out of this safely. Dear Mr. McMahon, please don't let Ray die in sports entertainment senses. Please keep Ray safe against RKO and don't let him walk out of here too, too injured because we like Ray Mysterio. In SmackDown's name we pray, A Vince. So Ray attempted to have us, well he attempted to mount a small offense at the start of the match. It didn't really work out. We went to a commercial break and saw it. We came back to seeing Ray getting uh, beat up, getting knocked down. He's caught up in a trio while on the ropes. Randy had him on another, uh, had him on the top rope on the other side, and 
I began to try to rip the mask off. And we can already see where this is going. And it's not looking good for Ray. Alright, so we get Ray picking up the pace, doing a cool, uh, you know, well, he's a shorter stature, going off the ropes. Uh, Randy can't necessarily get a good clothesline on him. We get a real cool uh, uh, springboard type bulldog on Ray, Mister on Randy from Ray. We saw, uh, you know, some drop kicks. It looked real nice. We saw a 619 attempt uh, get thwarted. But um, we still got Ray attempting to go for it all. Let's uh, see how this ends out. Once Ray was able to uh, hit a 619, we have Randy rolling out of the ring. So uh, with about three minutes left in the show, let's see how this closing sequence uh, uh, tells the story. Now look now. We know that Ray has been doing a very cool slot under the ropes into like a, a you know, a splash position to a person down on the uh, the floor on the, the mat. But as Ray tried to slide and do that, out of nowhere, Randy hits him with an RKO. I think it's all but a foregone conclusion now. As Corey Graves would say, it's all over but the crying. Then we get another, well, you know, Randy throws him in the ring and gives him one more RKO for good measure for the 1-2-3 victory. Man, so Randy goes and gets a chair after the win. Ray's mask is essentially falling off. He folds his head up in it and rams him into the uh, turnbuckle, the LED turnbuckle at that. Ray's mask comes off. His elbows bleeding. They have a towel over his head, thankfully. And uh, that closes out the show. Ladies and gentlemen, minus the background noise, that was your SmackDown Live podcast from the shadows. This is Blake. I do appreciate you for listening. Hey, do me a favor. Tell your folk about the podcast and have them listen. Tell them download the Anchor app because it's well worth it. And come on and rock with your boy while we uh, talk some more about the product. I will catch y'all next time. Probably tomorrow for the 205.